bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. It's the Hive Sports Podcast. Jazz, college football, bees, we got them all. So listen up, because we, 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 we got the buzz. Turn down the buzz! BYU fans, thanks for listening to another episode of the High Sports Podcast. Um, today is our weekly hashtag Cause Monday episode. I'm your host, Daniel Olson, and let's get into it. Um, but, but before we do, just remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just search at the High Sports, and also you can listen, uh, follow our website. Or you can go to thehivesports.com and check all our, all our content there. And if you're listening on Apple, be sure to give us a five-star rating and, and review, and we'll enter you to win some BYU swag. Um, but with that out of the way, let's get this started. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about our, our top five um, Utahns in the NFL and see, see where the BYU players rank. And we're going to talk about some of the coaching changes that have been made in on the U, on BYU football. And then lastly, we're going to talk a little bit about men's and women's basketball, some of the ups and downs we've seen with, with that this week and, and what we can look forward to. And for, first, um, before we get into it, I do want to announce we have a special guest, and he's been on the podcast before. Um, it, was, it was about a month ago when, when BYU lost to Coastal Carolina, so he helped us stay positive. But um, Jake... Sorensen, how are you doing today? Doing good, Dan. Thanks so much for having me on again. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, yeah, let's get right into the NFL wild card weekend, the super wild card weekend. It's nice that we have more um, more teams to cover. And with that, there's more Utah than the NFL to cover. So uh, I was just going to run my top five down and then see see if you agree, like, like what you think. Um, so um, I'm my honorable mention. I, I had a tough time deciding, but I I personally still kind of have talky talky. Um, so it's now the Browns. They won 48-37. So um, talky talky did a good job, and like like you said from um, when we were talking earlier, from seeing the film, even though he didn't have a lot of tackles, like he still did good. So it was really tough not to have him on. I I bet. I bet we'll see him on this list in another week, possibly the divisional rounds, but he's my honorable mention. And I had Taron Johnson. I'm not, hope I didn't butcher that, but um, he's from Weber State. He had about five or six tackles for the Bills in there when uh, Zach Moss, I had him at number four, a little bit higher, but um, like I, I, I was, I, I was feeling a little bad that he, he got injured, but not not giving him that out of pity because, like, he still had a decent amount of receiving yards, about 20-something receiving yards, and the same with for rushing. Um, so it sounds like he's out for the year, but I wish him the best. And then Julian Blackman, he had a, a decent amount of tackles, and and when I was checking out today, yeah, they were all, all solo tackles. So even though he had five tackles and Taron Johnson had a little bit more, um, yeah, Julian Blackman gets the credit for just going after it. Um, barely lost to Zach Moss and Taron Johnson on the Bills, but 
But still, Julian Blackman, he's looking like a stud in, in year one. Um, Taysom Hill, he had some receptions and rushes, um, but not his best day. Like, um, didn't have any passes this time, so he, he was good as a receiver and running back, although he he did have – he had some close plays where he was close to getting in the end zone. He had a, he had a fumble that um, was recovered by – by the other team, so 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 too bad for Taysom, but at least he still they still get the win over the Bears, twenty-one to nine. And then despite the loss, I, and not trying to sound like an Aggie Homer, but Bobby Wagner, I have him with sixteen tackles and a and a sack. I mean that was just crazy. I don't think, I mean I I'd have to check, but I don't know if anybody else had that many tackles. And it's not just about the box score and stuff, but just watching film he seems like he he's he's doing good he's one of the last remaining players on the legion of boom he's just been a been a mainstay for the seahawks but but jake what do you what do you think about that list or what would you change on on your top five i like that list a lot i think there's a good defensive presence and i think that's kind of the biggest thing that i've noticed a lot of the production from the state's been on the defensive side um, and then you have, I mean, Taysom Hill and then Zach Moss and all them. But um, I really like your list. Bobby Wagner, I mean, he really is the anchor of, of the Seahawks, and, and so I can't really complain there. If I had to break my top five down, just because I am a, a BYU homer, um, I'd probably still put Taysom in, in the number two spot just because of what we mentioned, the four carries, 15 yards, um, the the general fumble, the, the things that he didn't normally do, I guess. Um, and then um, he did have some catches tonight as well. Um, it's good to see him get kind of that Swiss Army knife production. Um, it's I don't know. That's those are kind of the biggest things I see out of Taysom is he's always somewhere on the field. Um, he just with his performance tonight probably wouldn't be number one. Um, I actually from earlier when we talked, I, I kind of want to switch it up because I was I was going to put um, Zach Moss actually a little bit higher. So I I probably put him um, number one. Uh, and I'm just thinking of his performance even with his injury. That's a pretty gutsy performance because that I mean a three point win over the Colts is is a I mean it's not too bad not too good I guess not too bad it's the first playoff win though for the Bills and I mean 25 years I think it is so that's pretty cool and then Julian Blackman on the other side of the ball with his five solo tackles I I agree he's up there so I I probably put him number three um, I'd probably put Sione Takitaki just after watching the game tonight with his pass deflection and a couple tackles um, in at the five spot. And then um, Bobby Wagner, I'm, I'm going to bump him back a little bit. I'm going to put him in fourth spot. So um, that would be my my top um, five if it was my perspective. I just you know I gotta I gotta give Taysom some love. And, you know I'm a BYU fan, but I'll give I'll give Zach Moss some love too. Yeah. So so it sounds like we have basically the same list. Maybe the order's different. And then Taron Johnson. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Like Taki Taki. M- m- you can you can argue that he he might have deserved to be on there. I mean, top five is tough, but but yeah, it it, it is cool. I will say that it is cool to see that Taron Johnson from Weber State, like an FCS school, is able to to do well because I mean there are FCS players in the NFL, but they're a little bit fewer and far further between than because the FBS usually gets the higher level recruits. So that that's cool for. For them and and yeah, I, I think it's it's good that we generally in general agree. I mean, 
the the list this this week was a little bit slimmer because of the injuries. Like we were saying, like Zach Moss left early, so maybe maybe he wasn't as high as he. I guess you said you would put him number one still, which which I can see that he did leave at the end of the third quarter, so I don't know how much more he would have done. But it is impressive to beat the Col the Colts or get a playoff win for the first time since that. I, I think I watched the ESPN 30 for 30 where the Bills, I think they went to like three or four straight Super Bowls and just lost every year. So I think it's a step in the right direction, definitely. They're kind of back where they've been trying to get. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good to see the Bills back. I don't, I don't know. They've been one of those teams. My brother-in-law is a huge Bills fan. He lives back um, that way. And then he's lived all over, honestly. But his connection to the Bills has kind of given me a little soft spot just after talking earlier, talking now, I'm like, yeah, you know, Zach Moss, let's put him in there, give him some love, especially after the injury. And I mean, we'll we'll see these other players that really step it up in weeks to come. So that's kind of where I was coming from. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, like when when you're doing the rankings and stuff, you do have to factor in who wins, like the magnitude of the win. I mean, the stats are are one thing, but but yeah, talky talky, getting the first win for the playoff win for the Browns in about 25 years. That's that's cool, too, for him. And, yeah. Um, yeah, Jim Johnson, Alex Smith. So so they were out, so they probably would have been on the list somewhere. But um, yeah, I think it was a good list. Alex, and then next week, we'll – oh, sorry, what? I was going to say Alex Smith is one of those ones that I was really looking forward to. I'm pretty bummed that he couldn't play because I think – just after watching him last week and kind of just being the game manager, he's he's still efficient that way. He's just with his calf injury and his not being as mobile, um, not being able to play this week. That's kind of bummer. Just after all the, I mean, he's still the comeback player of the year. You have to look at that. And if he had played this week, maybe he would have been in my top five. But um, best of luck to him on his career decisions now, because now he kind of is in that point where he's making choices again. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like I was watching the documentary of. Alex Smith, and that was a gruesome injury, but props to him for playing. Who knows, maybe he would have been able to, because Tom Brady and the Buccaneers struggled even against, I don't know who the name of the, or who that, who their quarterback was, but um, I mean, with, with the the guy from from the Buckeyes being released from the program, then it was just some random guy. I think they might have I, even brought him up from like the practice squad or something. Yeah, he played in the AFL, or no, he played in the XFL, I think it was, for the Defenders or something like that. And then it's Heineke is his last name, but he, he literally carried that team. He was a, I mean, if he would have won, he would have made his own 30 for 30 right there just because of his performance. But it was, it was a gutsy performance from the guy. Yeah, yeah, it looks like he went to Old Dominion, so I think that's like a, either an FCS or like a lower, like, FBS. Um, yeah. Haven't haven't heard a lot from that school on on football, but that's that's cool that yeah what he's able to do he he had looks like he had a pretty pretty good game for them just did his best um, or at least tried to manage the game he didn't have any interceptions so did what he had to do and and I I I will say one thing the the guy what's his name he's the I think he's the rookie. Probably shouldn't uh, on the the Washington football team. He probably shouldn't have talked trash to Tom about Tom Brady before the games. I think he's saying he was gonna 
shut shut Thank them you. down and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's Which, funny. Yeah, I mean and 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 I mean Tom Brady didn't really like school them, but I mean he still was able to come out on top and win. So so yeah, I I, I always think that's funny in football how like guys get pumped up and they talk the trash and if they can back it up then great but it's hard to back it up when you're playing against the uh, one of the goats like that even if he is 43 years old exactly now, i like tom brady this year i mean he could come through i just want one of these teams with these local guys making it to the end because like we mentioned earlier again it's it's a lot more enjoyable to watch these games when they're they're related to locals whether it be somebody from Weber, somebody from Utah, BYU, Utah State, no matter what it is, it's always more enjoyable to watch and, and we get more engaged, I feel like, in it. Definitely. And, and we have a lot um locals next week with the with the Packers, um and the Chiefs having the first round by they the Packers have Jamal Williams, the leading rusher in BYU history, and, and then Chiefs of Dan Sorensen as a fellow Dan I I'm a big fan of his, so it'll be it'll be fun to see how that goes. Um, but then another guy, I, he's I don't think he ha- has a bunch of ties to Utah, but Manti Teo, he he played okay for the Bears, had some tackles, and uh, he's a well-known uh, guy, member of the LDS Church, and well-known for some other reasons with um, an online like <laughs> girlfriend that he had that turned out not to be real or something that was quite the story a couple of years ago or when he was playing for Notre Dame. But, um, yeah. uh, so, so the NFL, that, 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 that was pretty good. Um, I'm looking forward to covering these, these local guys in the coming weeks uh, leading up to the Super Bowl, And hopefully they, they keep on winning because, um, there are some good players from, from the state on some of the good top teams. So unless we see like one of these random teams, like, the Titans get in there, or I guess Titans lost, but like Ravens, I think have some practice squad guys, but like no. So so unless we get somebody like that, then like it would be nice to have one of the teams that the, the teams in the Super Bowl of of players that are, are from the state that are contributing, that are getting playing time. Absolutely. Did you, did Tyler Holland get bumped back to the practice squad for the Ravens? That's one thing I can't remember, but I know he played a couple I, weeks ago. He, yeah, he had a completion, I thought, and it was crazy when the, his running back had a touchdown. He was, like, almost keeping up with the running back cause to celebrate in the end zone, so people thought that was kind of cool that he was he was that fast. I didn't realize how fast he was. I thought, I mean, he did okay at Utah, like, um, struggled definitely against some, some of the better teams near the end of the year, but um, which may have hurt his draft stock, but that's cool that he's able to be on the team and, and I mean Lamar Jackson's an athletic quarterback that he can learn from but, it's but, kind of cool to see the, the Ravens have always had kind of a tie to Utah with like Dennis Pitta from BYU and then Ed Muitalo actually played there um, and then he's now he coached me in high school when I was a senior and then I mean now he's coaching in Southern Virginia but every single one of those games next week all four of them have BYU, Utah, Utah State um, I guess local ties um, in general, which is going to be cool. Yeah, definitely, and and there might be some more than others. I know that U- Utah I think has the most in the NFL, but um, players that are contributing like there's 
definitely some BYU guys, and and I, I know yeah, it's too bad that Bobby Wagner's out, but there's there's still a couple Aggies out there. Um, Darwin Thompson on the Chiefs, one that comes to mind. So so we'll we'll have to okay. see how that plays out. But um, you mentioned your um the BYU coach, so we'll we'll, we'll We'll talk a little bit about some coaches, or I guess the Southern Virginia coach. But um, uh, so there's been a lot of changes of people leaving BYU coaches, leaving to other programs, or some coming on to BYU or getting promoted. So, what was your favorite um, hire, whether it was like internal or or like external for BYU? And then, what was the hardest um, person that that left that you had to see go? Yeah. I feel like Grimes is a big loss um, just because he's the OC, but I'm, at the same time, you have Fessy Sataki who said some time um, up here in Weber County, uh, Weber State, and I got to watch him coach um, their offensive scheme, and I saw a lot of run and pass scheme with him, which I think he just does a really good job at pulling guards, pulling people in general, just different disguises. Mixed with Aaron Roderick, I think those two are going to make a heck of a team. Um, and so the loss of grind doesn't feel as heavy um, just because you'll have still, I mean, the guy that's coaching your quarterback and Roderick and the guy who's coaching your receivers and, and Fessy. And I think he'll have a lot more um, running back um, influence with Harvey as well. I think, I mean, Tyler Algier is going to light it up next year. It just feels like after this year, um, having over a thousand yards rushing, there's a lot to come, but the O-line um, is a big part of that. And losing Eric Mateos to me is the biggest loss just because, I mean, he brought the blue grit back to BYU um, with Jeff Grimes. I mean, they they coached the best offensive line that I've personally watched and, and witnessed. I mean, I was alive in 92, and, and that was when I was born, but I wasn't watching BYU football really until the Luke Staley, Brandon Doman walk-off win against the Utes, um, and that was kind of my first game. I think that was that Lavelle's last game, um, and I ended up watching it, but um, – Anyways, in general, I just feel like that loss of the O-line coach is going to be a huge spot to fill. And kind of like you alluded to, so Ed Mulitalo is one of those guys I think would be a really good fit into um, that next step. Um, getting Ed Mulitalo on board or um, getting Dallas Reynolds on board or getting um, T. John Caroma, one of the former players on board as the O-line coach. T. John doesn't have as much experience um, is his biggest downfall. But you have some of these former guys that are – um, either an all-pro NFL offensive lineman or former BYU guys that I think could really step in uh, and make a huge influence. Some some people brought up, um, I think it's TJ TJ Woods or some, something Woods from Utah State who has BYU ties. Oh yeah. Um, and they were saying that he would be a great O-line coach, and I'm like, man, he he kind of jumped to the top of a lot of people's boards. And whoever it is, I think they just need to be a solid, solid O-line coach because. I don't want BYU to lose that blue grit that they've kind of got back and that, I mean, Eric Mateos brought back with just being a really violent, physical, exciting-to-watch offensive line that dominates the trenches. That's what BYU football needs to be if they want to have the dominant offense that they restored, I guess. Definitely. Um, yeah, I think there's some good people you mentioned. There's some good ideas. Um, one guy I thought, Frank Miley, um, things didn't work out quite with Utah State, even though I think personally he, he's he's done a good job in the past as like the interim head coach. He's he won us a, a bowl game a couple years ago when when Matt Wells left and then he did get 
um, one win on Thanksgiving against New Mexico, and um, it seems like a lot of the players really like him. But but yeah, that's just a story for another day for for Utah State football. But yeah, BYU the future looks bright. Um, but but lastly, we should get to some of the players that are currently in season um, since we got. Um, BYU women's and men's basketball. Um, the women, they they split the week. They they beat Loyola Marymount, barely lost to San Diego by two points, but are still looking like a good contender. And um, so so of, of what you see from the women, like what do you like from what you've seen from them in the last week or so? I think they're going to be the team that, that is going to be the closest competitor with Gonzaga um, for the conference championship. And I think they'll be a tourney team when all is said and done. Um, Shaley Gonzalez, obviously, is the leader there, um, just kind of holding down the fort for the women. Um, I'm really excited to see Colby Lee's wife come in and kind of see the impact she has. I believe she came from Michigan State. And then Spencer Linton just recently was saying she had been cleared to play or waivers or whatever it was. Injury is gone and everything's good to go. So I'm really, really anxious to see her play. Um, but, I mean, um, there's a couple of uh, – I'm not as good with the names. I should be a lot better. Um, there's a couple of, like, power couples that they call them, but they're always, like, the men and women's um, athletes. And those seem to be the, the players on my – from my perspective have had the, the biggest output this year for BYU um, women's basketball – and I'm excited to kind of see that flourish as as it goes forward um, throughout the year. But I, I really think um, Jeff Judkins, uh, is that his name? I'm pretty sure it is. Judkins, Coach Judkins, yeah. um, is, is getting this team back on pace for the tourney again, and, and it seems like they're on the right track. So hopefully that just keeps going that way for them. Yeah, definitely. looks like they're on a good track, got a win. And the game this week against Pepperdine is, Postpone, or I guess that was last week. So they they host St. Mary's and Pacific. So I'm not sure about tickets and everything, but but um, if fans or, or I guess if they have at least family members there, like less people that get to go, those, those should be some good games. I think BYU can win. Um, but on the what about the men's side? And I know we we I mean they only played the number one team in the nation this week, so. <laughs> Might have been a little bit rough, but but what's your, how are you feeling about how the men are doing? That was quite a game. You know, I I look back at the game against Gonzaga this week, and it felt a lot like the Boise State game, which I think was close to the last time we talked. I know we talked about the Utah State BYU game, but it, it was right around that time. And I just felt during the Boise State game, they just got off to a really slow start, couldn't hit shots. Uh, Boise State got out to a big lead, BYU crumbles, and then comes back in the end. And then against Gonzaga. I mean, you go down two to twenty, and it's it's like, man, this game's over with in the first few minutes. It's really hard to come back against a hot shooting Gonzaga team. It was good once they went down by thirty, which was kind of embarrassing to see them kind of lock in and and see some some growth there. Um, I was most disappointed though, if I had to to be honest with um, Alex Barcelo. I feel like your leader has to score points. And to only score nine points in a game where you're playing the number one team in the nation, that's not going to fly. So in the return game when they come to Provo, that would be one thing I really hope they step up on um, is the starters need to be scoring. Um, Colby Lee can't score five points. Connor Harding definitely can't have zero points. Um, Brandon Averett can't only have three points. Um, 
and Matt Harms actually, I think that was one of his best games of the year, five and six shooting, 13 points. Um, Gideon George, getting him back involved it was the first time since the USC game that I really saw some involvement from him. In um, my opinion, I feel like he's going to be the guy that takes over for Wyatt Lowell um, with that injury. And so I'm just, I'm really hoping that the, the starters can kind of pick up the pace because your bench isn't going to, it's not supposed to carry the game. Um, and that's kind of um, what happened, it feels like, is um, the, the bench kind of had to step it up. Caleb Lohner had 13, um, Harvard had 12. Um, you just had a couple of these bench producers that kept them in the game um, when really these starters should have been shooting well. And, I mean, you shoot 44% against Gonzaga, who's shooting a, a 59 or 57% from the field, um, and then only shooting 25% from the three-point range, 4 or 16 you're just not going to win many basketball games against Gonzaga um, going that way. Actually, it looks like Gonzaga um, field goal percentage dropped in the second half to 49%. But overall, they just completely outshot um, BYU. And I, I, they need to improve that going forward. They can't have slow starts. The starters got to score. And that's kind of what I'm witnessing so far. I still think they'll be um, – I mean, St. Mary's this week, uh, I still think they'll be a, a top contender for um, – if they can beat Gonzaga, and maybe a conference championship. But they, they need to – step it up and definitely and from what i saw i mean gonzaga is just on another planet like their passing was like just really good and just seemed like they were a step ahead of byu and then the defense they were really long i think i saw one time brandon averett like thought he was he could maybe get a it looked like he was gonna have a, a easy layup but nope he got like he, he got like spotted down there and so yeah, he he struggled a little more than I thought. Like, like we definitely need the 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 facilitator, the point guard to to play well, and um, definitely a, a lot of turnovers. Like Barcelo had six turnovers, Maharms had four, favorite two. Yeah, so so not 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 the best game, but I I don't think it's the end of the world. I do think that we'll find more about out about this BYU team. This week we have some late, late games. So BYU at St. Mary's at 9 p.m. on Thursday on ESPN2. And then the same channel, ESPN2 on Saturday at San Francisco at 8 p.m. And those are two of the um, better, they're not Gonzaga, but they're two of the pretty good um, teams in the in the West Coast Conference. So definitely looking yeah. forward to some more BYU basketball and just, um, we'll, we'll keep everyone covered on the BYU news, whether it's off season or or just anything BYU. We'll we'll make sure to cover it. But um, Jake, I, I always appreciate. Sorry, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say one last plug. It's kind of interesting when you lose to Gonzaga by 17 points. Um, it's weird to see the Ken Palm and all those other metrics go up. So BYU is at 65th in the Ken Palm. It's one of those things where it's like, okay. Maybe it's not that bad because it's Gonzaga. And maybe, I mean, there's obviously it's not everything's burning down and we need to start fresh. It's just uh, refocusing against St. Mary's and, and San Francisco will really kind of set the tone. And, um, I mean, keep Utah State winning for the Cougars. Keep uh, San Diego State winning for the Cougars and some of these other good wins they have. Make sure Boise keeps winning so that that loss looks a little better. And I think things will, will look pretty good in the end. And I think they still will be a tourney team, hopefully, as long as – things pan out in conference as they should. Yeah, it's interesting how, yeah, Boise doesn't have a lot of losses, but they're still kind of ranked lower. They're ranked at 74 right now, just to have St. Mary's. Um, BYU is 
ironically, even though they beat Utah State head to head, they're 65 and Utah State 56, so Utah 69. So it'd be cool if we can get the, the teams in state, since I mean that's kind of what we're we're covering. Even though for this podcast, most people listening are BYU fans. It's um, like you said, it, it helps when a team like Utah State or San Diego State that some of, some of BYU's better wins can keep winning. Because um, I know it kind of sounds counterintuitive to like cheer for your rival, but in terms of Ken Palm and some of these other ratings that you want to, if if you're looking to build that resume, because as of now, if, if they were to do the selection Sunday, like I don't know if BYU or Utah State would be in yet. So they, they still got work to do on their resume to just keep um, in the conferences that they're in. They just got to get get the quality wins against some of the better teams in conference and. And hopefully that'll improve the resume. Absolutely, absolutely right. But but Jake, I just want to thank you for your time. I know, um, yeah, we, we it's it's always fun talking sports with you, and and yes, like then today we definitely did talk a lot of sports, um, before and and during the podcast. So, so thanks for your insight. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk to you, Dan. It's always awesome, like you said. And uh, I'll look forward to doing it again sometime. Awesome. Yep, we're happy to have you on, BYU or Aggies or anything else. But, yeah, for now, go Cougs and have a great Cause Monday. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz. Turn down the buzz!